Today, we're celebrating one of the great feasts of the church. Well, not quite, are we? But we are celebrating a great day. We are celebrating Mother's Day. And so today, the homily is going to be about Mother's Day. I've never done this before. As a matter of fact, a few of you know I'm not wild about Mother's Day for certain reasons, which I'll explain today. I think it's sometimes too trite. But now, for those of you who are visiting, uh, this is my second son who is down here visiting. But uh, this is totally spontaneous. I've planned this, but he has no idea what I'm going to ask him. And I'm going to prove to you that I am a barbarian. And I want him here because I want this. This is being recorded, and I want this on there. But a number of you already know that I tend to be a little barbaric. When my children are growing up, I spanked my children. How do you like that? Boy, can you, you know, you can get in all kinds of trouble doing that now, can't you? Well, I beat the, well, I really beat this one. He got more spankings than all of them, well, not all of them put together, but he got a lot of them. Now, what I want you to do, Deacon Gary, is I want you to explain the SWAT system. <laughs> Very simple. One SWAT for being bad, two SWATs for disobeying, and three SWATs we're talking back to mom. Okay. <laughs> now you can, you can sit down over there with Deacon Tom. <laughs> My children understood this. One swat for general naughtiness, just being bad. Two swats for disobedience. Three swats for talking back to mom. I don't think Peter ever got a swat for talking back. I don't think, he hardly got spanked at all. But I don't think he ever got one. If Gary got one, I don't think he did. I think in all the years with five sons, I think there were only two times when my children got spanked for talking back to their mother. I refuse to tolerate it. Their mother will not be talked back to. By the way, Deacon Gary, why did we not have a... Punishment for talking back to dad. <laughs> no one talks back to dad. <laughs> <laughs> Even with my children, and, and it's like it, I did something the other night up at Biola. I talked to a group of kids. Now, I don't really do well in a question and answer session because, like it says in the New Testament about the Lord, after that time, no man durst ask him any more questions. <laughs> I, I don't deal well in that kind of an environment. Mothers are being honored today, and before I'm through, I'm going to carry this over into a part of the liturgy where we say, especially our all-holy, immaculate, most blessed and glorious lady, the Mother of God, Theotokos, Mother of God, Theotokos, Mother of God, and Ever-Virgin Mary. Okay, this morning, mothers, we are going to give you a rose. By the way, they got some thorns on them, so be careful. But mothers get a lovely red rose. Fathers, you don't get anything. Only mothers, only mothers today get these. I think it's really trite if all we do on Mother's Day is give mom a rose. And I imagine that many of you today gave your mom already a card. I think that's nice. I learned when Mary Ellen was carrying Dan that I better give her a card. I didn't, she wasn't a mother yet in my opinion. I mean, he was about five months still to go. 
And I didn't get her a card, and I have never failed since. <laughs> Believe me. Yes, it's important to get the card. And some of you have or will. You're going to take your moms out to lunch or dinner or something like that. Another one of my kids is coming down today. He's going to cook an afternoon brunch for mom. That's nice. But if that's as far as your honor of your mother goes, you haven't really started honoring your mother. St. Paul says in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, children, obey your parents. And then he says, honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise. And he goes on to quote Exodus 20, that it may be well with you all the days of your life or that it may be well with you, another translation, all the days in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Now, how are mothers honored? How do you go about it? First of all, I want to say this to the kids that are here, to every child in here. Don't ever talk back to your mother. I mean it. Don't ever talk back to your mom. You say, well, my mother deserves it. No, she doesn't. She's done enough to get you onto this planet. She carried you for nine months. She went through labor to get you here. And she's made a lot of sacrifices for you. I am astonished when I hear children talking back to their mothers. It's inconceivable to me. It's a sin to talk back to your mom. You got me? It's a sin to talk back to your mother. And it will have damaging effects in your life. It'll bear consequences, not just that day or that week or that month. It'll bear consequences the rest of your life. If that's your habit, you don't talk back to your mom because you cannot honor your mother and talk back to her, even if she's wrong. And sometimes moms are wrong. But you still don't talk back to her. You don't talk back to your dad either. I just can't, I just... I don't know what changed in my lifetime. The thought of ever talking back to my parents was inconceivable. And it never did happen, not once. Yes, but the, I've just covered the most trite, just, just the beginning. It's just a, such a, a little thing, small. Yes, we honor our mothers. We give them a rose. We take them to breakfast or lunch. We cook for them. We do something on this one day. We do something nice. But that's just for openers. How do we honor our mothers in other ways that are a lot richer and a lot deeper? Well, number one, you can become... And I'm not, I'm not just talking to kids now. You have to understand this. I'm... I'm talking to people my age, older and younger. You need to become what your mother wanted you to be or wants you to be. At least most mothers have a very noble objective of what they want their children to be. You know, it's one thing on one day a year to do something nice for mom, but it's another thing during the whole year where what you're trying to do is become what this woman wants you to be, what she dreamt about as she carried you, as you were in her womb, she had dreams for you. I know what my parents had for me in terms of dreams when I was in the womb. I know what it was. I was it was explained to me clearly. 
I was committed to God in the womb. I was committed essentially to do what I am doing right now this instant. That's what my mother and my father wanted of me in the womb. And it never occurred to me in my whole life to want to do something else. You say, well, don't you have a will of your own? Couldn't you be what you want to be? I suppose so. This is what I want to be. But on the other hand, all my life I understood I was one born out of due season. I was. I wasn't supposed to be. My mother was to have no more children. I never knew what it was like to have a healthy mother. All I knew in my home was sickness. That was it. And I was part of the problem. But I understood that part of honor, part of honor is to be what she wanted me to be. Now, I don't mean just vocation or occupation or profession. You know, I... I've been around teenagers almost all of my life. Many of you don't know this, but I spent probably the first 20 years I was in any kind of ministry, either with high school or college kids. I was a youth minister in three or four different churches. I had all kinds of youth groups. I did all these kinds of things. What has just distressed me is the trouble that kids can get themselves into. It's just astonishing. I don't understand all the drug culture. I know it's there, but I don't know what motivates it. Now, I will tell you something. I was a normal teenager, just like any other kid that I knew at Berkeley High School. But I'll tell you one thing. If you go back and look at my record as it might be written down in some invisible scroll, you aren't going to find the blotches on it. No, I never did all the bad stuff. I didn't smoke, drink, swear, chew, play cards. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Do you know what my major motivation was in all of that? I had a sick mother. And because I had a sick mother, I would do nothing that was going to hurt her. I watched my brother till he finally woke up at about 27. And I watched what it did. And I said, I will not do that. You see, part of honoring mother isn't just Mother's Day. Part of honoring mother is what you're going to do tomorrow in school, what you're going to do tomorrow at work, what you're going to do tomorrow in your business, what you're going to do tomorrow in your car, what you're going to do tomorrow in whatever you do. Because you honor your mother, not just with a rose, not just with a breakfast, not just with a day, not just with a card, but you honor your mother by living the kind of life your mother would desire to you live. And most mothers, even if they're not particularly good mothers, want their kids to live a very wholesome, normal life. We honor our mothers when we seek to bring to them honor in the way we are. Now this morning, in this congregation, there are some interesting People, uh, there, there is an infestation this morning of bronze. There's probably about a dozen or so, of, I don't know. We can't even count us anymore. But there's uh, all of Deacon Gary's family is here and, uh, and some others. Gary and Peter are brothers. Now, they're brothers for a couple of very simple reasons. One very simple reason is they have a common dad. 
The other reason they're brothers is because they were born of Mary Ellen. Now I want to take this a step farther now. Now also, Deacon Tom and I are here today, and Deacon Tom and I also happen to be brothers. Why are Deacon Tom and I both brothers? What is it, amongst other things, that gives us the privilege of calling ourselves brothers? Well, I'll answer the question. We're born of the same mother. Only in this case, it happens to be especially our all-holy, immaculate, most blessed and glorious lady, the mother of God and ever-Virgin Mary. We're going to say that in just a few moments. You see, the flesh that Jesus had on this earth and which he has at this instant in heaven, if there are instants in heaven since it's eternal, the very flesh which he has happens to be the flesh, the human nature that he took from his mother. And when you were baptized, when I was baptized, when Deacon Thomas was baptized, when Father John were baptized, we were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into that very humanity, that human nature of Jesus Christ, and he is... Now, you need to be with me on this next sentence. This is the pivotal sentence. He is, Jesus is, our older brother. Now, if he is our older brother, that in no ways minimizes, actually helps maximize the reality that he and I and I and you and we together are brothers and sisters. And when I turn around to you later and say to you, forgive me, my brothers and my sisters... I confess a relationship. I confess a relationship between us. It is a relationship that confesses God as our Father. In a certain sense, it confesses the church as our mother. But in another very real sense, it confesses the all-holy, immaculate, most blessed and glorious lady, the mother of God and ever-Virgin Mary, our mother too. So my exhortation today is don't just honor your mother with a rose, with a card, with a meal. Honor her with the way you live your life. But now in the same sense, honor our mother, the all-holy, immaculate, most blessed and glorious Lady Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary, not just with some pleasant words of acknowledgement, but with what you are and who you are and the way you live. And finally, follow her motherly advice, which is, whatever he says to do, do it.